the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word. I'm Jim Stanley in for Dr. Alex McFarland today. Alex is traveling and we will we expect him back tomorrow. We do. Right. Uh, he he's a busy guy and that's good. Right. But because of the issues of weather, because of as Devin and I were talking about it uh, yesterday, the number of flights or you don't have as many to pick from, so right. the possibility of having more delays and so forth is a reality. Well, and and when you look at staff shortages because of different things, you know, the first thing they'll do is pull a flight now. It's not as urgent or common. Let me let me back up. One shouldn't take one's flight for granted just because one has a ticket. That would be the case. And so we, we do pray for Alex, and uh, we're so excited about him being back out there because that's his heart. He is a, uh, you know, he is a true evangelist, and he loves to do that. And so we pray for him. Safe travels. Amen. Uh, you know, Bert, you and I talked earlier uh, this week about what we would like to do with the program today. And we're going to get to that. But uh, you and I were uh, talking again today, and uh, folks, Bert and I really do talk a lot, not just on <laughs> program days. But uh, Bert's a good friend, and he'll come by and check on me and check on my family, and I appreciate that so much. But today, uh, we talked a few times, and one of the things we both talked about was obviously Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Now, we have a lot of Ukrainian citizens that live in America, and we know that that's putting an ex extraordinary amount of stress on them. And then, of course, we have the people of the Ukraine itself. I've seen several ministries uh, that have talked about this. I've read several news stories. Uh, here's what Franklin Graham had to say. This morning, we were awakened to the news that Russia has launched a military campaign against Ukraine. Pray for the people of Ukraine in this conflict to end quickly. He goes on to say, I have preached in both Kiev and large crowds came to hear the gospel. Samaritan's Purse works with over 3,000 churches across Ukraine, and we're in the process of distributing over 600,000 gift-filled Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes for children through those churches and ministry partners. At Samaritan's Purse, we have many friends not only in Ukraine, but also in Russia as well. There is so much fear and uncertainty. Many Ukrainians are fleeing their homes toward the West. These families need our prayers. And so that's what we want to do is, is we want to take a moment today to, and, you know, last week, frankly, got, in, got some folks upset with him because he called for prayer for President Putin. If those people had spent as much time criticizing him <laughs> if they had spent less time criticizing and more time praying perhaps god could have stayed this at what well, we know god could have stayed it but it's another one of those times that you know we especially here in america we seem to want to look out for us and so today folks may get upset because in addition to the people of the ukraine in addition to president putin 
we're also going to uh, ask folks to pray for President Biden right. and his advisors as they are telling him what he should and should not do. Folks, if there's ever a time that we need prayer and need to be praying, and it's, an, it's a unique time that if we don't know how to pray for, what does the Scripture tell us, Bert? That the Holy Spirit will make our prayers known yeah. to God. We, so, yeah, go Jim, ahead. I appreciate this and us doing that. It was a burden on my heart. Uh, I do the other program, Exploring Missions. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you, I had a pastor that told me I need to have a global view right. of the mission that Christ has called us to. We're living in a day when we see the word globalism. Uh, it raises red flags. I understand that. I know that. But when it comes to the body of Christ, those people in Ukraine are brothers and sisters in Christ. Many of them are Christians. They mm-hmm. really are. I know several people that have gone to the Ukraine and ministered there and shared there, and the Ukrainians come in here. Mm-hmm. And so we want to pray for them. They're our brothers and sisters. We're also, as you said, pray for the leaders of both countries, uh, the president of of ukraine he said he's staying with it and uh staying there with the people i know missionaries that were there and they said we're going to stay Mm -hmm. here we're not going out i also know people in christians that are in russia uh this is the leadership of russia It, it it's the closest thing to a dictatorship that you could have right and that is uh you know mr putin he really is and uh so we want to pray for our our own president and his advisors, you said, so we want to do that. We yeah. want to do this. Uh, we thought about doing it at the end, but the better part was doing it here at the beginning. And so all of you who are listening, I, I, I pray that you would join me in praying for mm-hmm. them right now. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can call upon you. And Father, at a time when the world is uneasy, heaven is not shaking in their boots. And I thank you for that. Your throne is still high and lifted up. And, Father, we come to you understanding that we here upon earth, we look at things so temporal many times, but you look at eternity. And, Father, I don't know exactly what will happen, but I do know that you take all things and you work them for good. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean war is good? No, you take it and work it for good. And part of that good is that we would be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And that's our goal as we hear uh, on the radio network all over the United States and even around the world, we're praying for those believers. Well, first of all, Father, let me get that. We're praying for the whole country of Ukraine. We're praying for everyone that is there, but especially those believers Like we prayed for the believers in Afghanistan, we're praying for these believers in the Ukraine. Father, that you would help them, stabilize them, strengthen them. And according to what I've seen, a lot are headed out. They're getting out of Kiev. They're trying to get out. I pray, Father, you would help them. And, Father, I pray for those Christians that are in Russia. And, Father, it's tough being a Christian under a dictator such as 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 the leader that Russia has, I pray, God, that you would put a stop to his plans. I pray that you would would clear the way for him to be stopped. And in doing so, we're praying for our president, President Biden. Father, that you would give him 
wisdom and wise advisors on this. And we stand in a day where it's so divided. And I pray that we would not be divided on trying to help the people of Ukraine, that we would not be divided in, in trying to say what would be good to stop Russia. I pray for the other countries there in Europe that they would step up to the plate and say to, to this dictator that, no, you, you, don't, you don't need to go there, but especially you don't go any further. And so, Father, I pray for that. But more than anything, I pray that you would get glory. That's the whole idea. That's the purpose of man, that we would know you and glorify you forever. And, Father, we thank you that we can call upon you, and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, this is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley in for Dr. Alex McFarlane, along with my good friend, Brother Bert Harper. And, you know, as we look today, one of the things that Bert and I talked about in the office the other day was the amount of stress that Americans are under, that, uh, and be, be it Christian or secular, there is a lot of stress points, and there's a lot of depression because of that. Um, and sometimes the outset or the, the cost of depression becomes suicide. And so then that brings us full circle back to more stress because the parents that are parents, loved ones of someone who may have committed suicide. Bert, here, we've talked about this before, and we've been very careful about it. We, we don't want anyone to commit suicide. Uh, that really is, and it sounds like a cliche, and it may be, but that is a permanent solution for a temporary problem. Before you commit suicide, before you take that final step, please try and find someone to talk to. And the National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-278-8255. 800-273-8255. Maybe you want someone to pray with. I'd encourage you to call 1-800-NEED-HIM. 1-800-NEED-HIM. There are great partners, and they're ready to talk with you. And they will give you the real solution that is right. not temporary but that is permanent, and that's relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Amen. The reason that's so important, Jim, is because of the worth that God put in man. I, right. I want to read some scripture. This is from Job. Go ahead. Okay. You got I've got one more thing. Okay, you go do. ahead. Do that for me. Because I read that then I, I do want to get into some scripture to bring exactly. Okay, yeah, like, go ahead. I, I, I can jump the gun. Oh, no, quick. no, brother. It's, you're, it's all you. But now, one of the things that. I wanted to folks to know how significant suicide is in the United States. There is an average of one death every 11 minutes from suicide, from suicide La uh, in 2019 or 2020 uh, are the best numbers we have right now are the worst numbers. There were 45,979 deaths from suicide. It gets worse. An estimated 12.2 million people, uh, uh, American adults, seriously thought about suicide. And 3.2 million of those looked at or planned the suicide. And then from those, 1.2 million um, attempted it but didn't, didn't die. Um, and so, Bert, I think that we do need encouragement from scriptures. Because there is a, a worth, a value that's been placed on our lives. 
and that's what I really, and I think you did as well, wanted to share with that the worth mm -hmm. that you are worth so much. This scripture came to me from Job. Now, this is when Job was in depression. This is when Job was was had loss. You know, uh, they they have this scale. Uh, if you lose your job, you lose a spouse. You know, so many things, and it mounts up and puts you in a depressed state, which also mm -hmm. could lead to to suicide. Listen to this in Job seven verses uh, seventeen and eighteen. Now remember, Job lost his family, lost his wealth. What is man? that you should magnify him, that you should set your heart on him, that you should visit him every morning and test him every moment. Listen to that word, that you should set your heart on him. God, mm. this is emotional. God has set his heart on the person that is listening to us right now who is at the very bottom, mm -hmm. and they've lost a job, they've lost their marriage, a child has died, a spouse has died, and they don't feel like life is worth living, God has set his heart on you. Amen. And I, that should be let you know how worth, much worth you are. And I, I'm going to use another cliche. Even when we're not worthy, we are worth something to God. Amen. Very valuable, Jim, not just in passing, but God would pay the most extreme price for us, his son Amen. dying on the cross. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio, and we'll continue our conversation right after this. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Marsha Fudge, U.S. Secretary for Housing and Urban Development, or HUD. HUD develops and executes policies on housing in the United States. Isaiah 6521 reminds us of God's blessings of home. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Marsha Fudge as she works to provide more housing opportunities in this country. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Poverty, hunger, despair, loneliness. The sheer magnitude of human need around us can be overwhelming. But Dr. Tony Evans says we can't let it paralyze us. He'll offer some encouragement today as we spend two minutes with Tony. A father one day was walking along the beach with his son, and thousands of starfish had been washed onto the beach. There's thousands of them because of how the tide rolled in. They were just everywhere. As they walked along, every now and again, the father would reach down, pick one up, and throw it in the water. Walk a little bit further, reach down, pick one up, throw it in the water. Son had a question. He said, Dad, there are thousands of starfish out here. What does it matter that every few steps you pick up one and throw it back into the water when there's so much? 
He says, son, I'll tell you this much. It matters to the ones I throw back. There are thousands of needs. You cannot meet them all. But if we get enough of God's people who'll pick up one. One here, one there, one over here. But you get enough Christians who are no longer living for me, myself, and I, and who love God enough to love those who God brings across their path, you won't fix them all. But for the ones you do touch, it'll make all the difference in the world. And with that in mind, I want you to think about what God has done for you. Get the fresh start you need to put your faith into action. Check out Tony's CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Casting Crowns, Matthew West. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about Jesus. I asked Devin to, to play the longer version of that song today because of what our conversation is. And you heard the, the lyrics of the song talk about self-worth. And we want to talk, and you and I were talking, and then you read that portion from Job there just a moment ago and we want to we want to look at self-worth but we don't want to overplay our hand if you will you know if you're playing gin rummy or if you're if you're playing some of those things if you're playing chess and you're two or three steps ahead in your mind and you don't see the step right in front of you then bad things can happen and so um, we do want folks to know the worth that God has placed on them and in Psalm 139.13, it says, For you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are, you work, are your works, and that my soul knows very well. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. There is craftsmanship 
in each one of us. Even from the mother's womb, there is craftsmanship. Well, you know, you might say, well, what about birth defects? What about Down syndromes? What about these things? God doesn't make mistakes. And if you have ever spent time with a child that has Down syndrome, you'll know God doesn't make mistakes because you will come away encouraged. And so uh, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I have another scripture, and you know me, if if there's ever the chance to go to the first chapter of John, (laughs) I'm going to go there. But John 1.10 says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Verse 12, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. Bert, you know, as, as we look through these, we do, have to, we do have to look at the fact that we are, we're made by the hands of Christ. We're made in the very image of God. And that we find that, you know, in Genesis, uh, because God says, let us make man, you know, in our own image. And so when we think about that, and you mentioned this in the office about uh, one of the problems with America today is that we have embraced the theory of evolution, that we came from an amoeba. And because of that, we don't have that self-worth. But because of the love of God, he's instilled that in us. And you shared with me a verse and I don't want to steal your thunder. You may have it written down. But Romans 12, 1 through 3, I kind of added to it. <clears throat> Pardon me. Actually, the that's not the verse you were thinking about, but it, it it's one that I think is applicable. Um, 1 through 3 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect with God and then verse 3 is the one that you you had mentioned for I say through grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. And the King James says to esteem oneself. And, you know, I I think that we would talk about that as uh, trying to be better than we are. Now, not trying to be better in Christ, but putting on a front, if you will. Um, My pocketbook's not deep. But for some reason, my youngest daughter thinks I'm rich. You know, (laughs) And so um, it's one of those things that, as you mentioned, we don't want to make ourselves out to be something we're not. The difference, and, and you've hit it well, self-worth is different than self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Where self-esteem came from was from Darwinian evolutionary thought that we need to esteem ourselves mm-hmm. higher than we ought. Whereas in creation, we know, as you said in Genesis chapter 3, that we're made in the very image of God, in the image of God. And, and, and so the whole idea of, this, him, of us being made in his image and God doing this great work in Genesis chapter 1, uh, I said chapter uh, 3, but God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and so forth. So 
God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Do you see how many times he talks about image, Mm -hmm. image, and image? That's how important it is. That should bring self-worth to us. We do not need to esteem ourselves higher than anyone else. Self-esteem, if you're not careful, comes and we'll start being putting other people down in order to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. Mm-hmm. If you notice people like that, they've got to put others down so they they can look at them and say, "Well, I'm not as bad as you. I, you know, I don't do that." Right. I think. Let me see. I think there was a guy that went to the altar, and uh, he was a Pharisee, and he said, "God, I thank you that I'm not like that man over there." I do this and I do that. And the person he was pointing his finger to was the publican. And he said, Lord, be merciful unto me, a sinner. Jesus said the publican went away justified and the Pharisee remained in his sin. Mm -hmm. And so that's what self-esteem gets you. It's getting to compare. Well, I, I have a reason for that. And the Bible does not teach that. The Bible teaches the worth of man. Psalm 8 talks about it. What is man that you're mindful Amen. of him? He says, hold on. And that was so important. The writer of Hebrews would repeat that. He would go back and he would lift that exact phrase, that exact thing, and put it in his book of Hebrews. Now, remember what Hebrews starts off with? That Jesus is better than. He's better than the law. He's right. better than the prophets. Right. He's better than even creation. And that is why Jesus would come in John three sixteen for God so loved the world. He loved mm-hmm. us that he would give his son, his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him would not perish, but they could have everlasting or eternal life. Jim, I would say to you, <laughs> that's worth listening to mm-hmm. because God says you're worth a lot to me that I would send my son for you. And, you know, you, you mentioned the Pharisee uh, thanking the Lord that he wasn't like the publican next to him. You know, if, if you have those Pharisees in your life that are telling you that you're not valued, that you're not worth anything, uh, if you have Satan whispering in your ear, you know, hey, you're, you know, look, you messed up. And, and we know that God is a God of second chances because look at what he did with the Apostle Paul. You know, he took and he struck him down on the road and said, and blinded him. And then he turned his life around and said, look, now you're going to go out and testify to the power that I've given you. And God not only does that there, he does it through the lives of individuals all across the country. You have Bible-believing, Bible-teaching preachers who are taking the word of God and they are preaching the truth. But unfortunately, you also have some that are condemning. They are. And and when you see that, I think you get a glimpse of, of God's love for you. Mm-hmm. He made us with purpose. And I, we say it here on this program all the time. There's three things in the Bible. He's the creator, and this is what the Bible is about. Creation, fall, redemption. That's it. Right. That's, that's the whole idea. And I know, uh, guess what the biggest part of that is? redemption amen because god wants to redeem us in the book of jonah chapter 3 verses 9 10 11 jonah goes to to nineveh and uh 
Jonah wants these folks that are in great sin and enemies. He wants God to bring his fire down on them. Right. Same way James and John did, said, don't you think it's time for us to call down fire from heaven and destroy these people? That's the reason they were called the sons of thunder, right. you know? And God, he and he straightens Jonah out. He lets a plant grow up, and a worm comes up when he is and resting he's... under the and, – and then Jonah was so upset that that plant had died. And God said, do you not understand something, Jonah, that the people are Nineveh? They are so valuable to me. They don't mm. know their left hand from the right hand, but I see in them something worth saving. And he did not destroy them because they repented in sackcloth and ashes right. and got their heart right. And they, they would be destroyed a hundred years later. But that generation, they understood that God had purpose for their lives and they turned from their own purpose and turned to his purpose mm -hmm. and God blessed them. You know, a moment ago, you read John three sixteen, And one of the things that I've done from the pulpit, and I'm, I'm sure you have and other have, have as well, we're not looking to rewrite scripture, but we do paraphrase from time to time. And we'll take that verse and say, because there are people that are hurting in right. any congregation. I think you ought to personalize scripture. Go Absolutely. Ahead. And so instead of for God so loved the world, for God so loved Jim Stanley, That's right. for God so loved Bert Harper, for God so loved Devin Patrick, who's our producer, and just happened to be in here. And you know what, Bert? God even loves Sherry Black. Amen. Who's going to be our call screener today. But it's the fact of the matter that regardless of where I was, you know, the scripture tells us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He did it without, most people don't want to invest anything without a return on investment. <laughs> That's true. Christ did it in that while Jim Stanley was yet a sinner so that he could make a way for Jim Stanley to be better than he could ever be on his own. Jim, uh, when you personalize that, it really does make it real to you. And I'm trying to visualize maybe a truck driver, mm. uh, a mother uh, going to get her children maybe right now and is waiting on them to get into the car and she's wondering what it's all about. So all she does is seemingly run a, run a taxi cab, but she's not fulfilling and they feel so maybe even empty. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you, God came that they might have life and according to Scripture in John, that they could have in a life filled with abundance. Now, abundant life, in other words, filled to running over. And when God does this in your life, it changes your focus. It changes everything. There's another passage that I, I wanted to read, Psalm 144, verse 3. And this is kind of a little bit more obscure. Psalm 144 is not one of the most uh, noted psalms. But listen to this again. Psalm 144, he says it again. Lord, what is man mm. <laughs> that you take knowledge of him? God knows where you are. God knows what you need. We're talking about suicide. God knows where you are. Yeah. He knows what you need. And, uh, and and I know some people say, well, I, you know, I know I've heard of that all my life. And, and I'm not making mocking of this, but this is a good illustration. It's like the little boy when the storm came. 
And uh, when the lightning and thunder came, he ran to his mom and dad's room and wanted to get in the bed. And they said, no, you got to be a big boy. Go back to your room. You know, we've all heard that. It did it again. He went in there. And the third time, he went back to his mom and dad's room after that big clap. And they said, we've told you, son. We've prayed with you. God is with you. And the little boy said, yeah, but I need somebody with skin on. Mm, and, and sometimes we say, well, God's enough. And he is enough. But sometimes there may need somebody that needs a phone call, a text, a card, uh, you know, a, a visit mm-hmm. even. And so here's what I found out. <laughs> Until you start serving others and get some of that focus off of you, you probably won't get out of your pit. Yeah, You probably stay in that rut. Because I, I just want to tell you, that's how God operates. God wants to save you. He wants to help you. But he's brought you in this world to be the highest person in his kingdom. Yeah. You know what that is? A servant. Amen. You don't get any higher in the kingdom of God. He turned the world upside down. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. In servanthood, the slave was the lowest as you could get in that in that's that society. Right. But God made that word and put it and elevated. It said, Jesus even said this, I came not to be served by you, but I came to serve. Amen. If you want help, you've got to step out, trust the Lord. But you start trying to get the focus off of yourself. Look unto God and look to somebody that you might serve them. It works, Jim. It does. And sometimes in serving, you get the better blessing. And and I think of <laughs> many times I think of some of the elderly folks in our church body, and you know, just because they've been used doesn't mean they're used up. There's still a wealth of knowledge and wisdom there, so that's one way to look at it. Coming back, we'll continue and take your phone calls at triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty as exploring the word continues on AFR. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. Friendships is looking for full-time volunteer men and women who are serious about serving God, investing time in rewarding work, and helping people in need around the world. There is no charge to serve. Room and board are provided. A willing heart and a desire to work as part of a team are the primary skills required. Check out the opportunities at friendships.org or email portmercy at friendships.org. That's portmercy at friendships.org. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its savor, how will it be seasoned? My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Matt Walsh wrote a piece for the Daily Wire where he said, The contemporary American Christian is the most open-minded person to have ever existed. He's so open-minded, you can hardly tell he's Christian or has a mind at all. He has for a long time been open to the idea that marriage isn't permanent and sex isn't meant exclusively for marriage. 
He's basically open to whatever notions are popular. He is open, and where he is not open, he is silent. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In 2007, Vifil Atlason, a 16-year-old from Iceland, decided to call the President of the United States. He somehow obtained the phone number that got him into the innermost workings of the White House communication system. Shortly after that, Iceland police arrived on Vifil's doorstep. Not just anyone gets access to the President. But every born-again follower of Jesus has unrestricted access to the God of the universe through prayer. The broken body and shed blood of Jesus provide your security clearance to approach God. So pray. He will answer. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Be silent before me so that I may speak. Then let come upon me what may. Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands? Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Job 13, 13 through 15. American Family Radio. They say it only takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing, a little faith is all I to Exploring the Word. That song was written by Bart Millard and, of course, Bart's with Mercy Me. And I thought that fit the, the, the path that we were going to go today. By the way, I didn't forget about you. I did have Dottie Rambo, and he looked beyond my... Uh, oh, looked beyond my fault? Yeah. And saw my and need. And saw my need. See, I can go way back. <laughs> well, I, I went, you know, the, the a couple of other folks had covered that song, 
But I went back to Dottie Rambo because she was the one that wrote it. And I thought she conveyed the emotion of the song. And the same thing's there with Bart Millard. He and his family have walked through those tough times. And he talked, you know, we were talking about putting on airs a moment ago. He revealed the fact that sometimes he goes out to sing and encourage people when he doesn't have any gas in the tank. And so we he's not being fake about it. He's just saying, look, I'm walking through things too. I am not above anyone else. There's a difference in faking it and faith in it. Right. If you've preached as long as I have and preached as many sermons as I have, I want to just tell you, sometimes you go out there and you had rather be in the pew right. than the pulpit right. that God's called you to. And you, by faith, you don't go up there and say, I got to fool them. No, you go up there and trust in Lord and say, Lord, I'm your instrument. Use Amen. Me. And he will. Absolutely. He yes. 888 589 is the number for today. Um, Bert, we've got one more scripture before we go to the phone lines. Therefore, and this is from 1 Thessalonians 1.11, Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Bert, that's what it's about right there we Amen. are supposed to pray for each other that god will take and and be revealed in us but also be revealed through us amen i was trying to find that scripture if alex was here he would tell me exactly david encouraged himself in the lord mm -hmm. and what you just did the worthy part go to scripture and read those scriptures yeah it talks about some difficult times but go to those Psalms, and you can see he is my refuge. Mm -hmm. He is my strength. Amen. And and that's the whole idea, and that's what we're trying to do today. And and we're getting people that have called in and said, said thank you for reminding me of, of my worth. Right. When we weren't worthy. I mean, man, I, I wasn't worthy of him saving me even as a 12 year old boy he came right. into my he inv i call it he invaded my life he just didn't creep in i opened up and he wham he came in Amen. and he filled my life with joy and and i i think i've told this on the air several times i was a fearful kid just fearful and uh, that night i went home and walked around in the dark to make sure make sure that i was saved first samuel 36, 1 Samuel chapter 30, this verse 6, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. And I don't, I, let me just tell you, Bert Harper has to do that a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm up there. You know that. I'm right. out there. I come in and, hey, everybody, and I'm, <laughs> I'm here. And uh, I, I do do that. And, but at the same time, uh, I want to, but sometimes I don't feel like it. Yeah. But I have to encourage myself in the Lord. Amen. Um, we had a caller earlier that said that um, she wanted to call for wanted to call and pray, but she said she was such a sinner that she was worried God wouldn't hear her prayer. Ma'am, let me tell you, that's when God hears you. Yeah, man, Lord, Father, I pray that 
the lady who called, that she would understand God loves her. And I'm reminded of what someone said. He loves me the way I am, but he loves me too much to leave me the way I am. That he's come to deliver us. He's come to take us out of that horrible pit, out of that miry clay. And he's come to set our feet up on a rock and put a new song in our heart. Father, let this lady, whoever she is, where she's from, right now, may your Holy Spirit just come and and, and she would open her heart and her life and say, Lord, I am a sinner. I know that that Burton Jim didn't have to tell me, but mm-hmm. I needed to be reminded that God saved me or made me for a purpose, and now he can save me and redeem me, and he can change my life. I pray that she would call upon you right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. And we're going to talk to John calling from Alabama. John, good afternoon. Good afternoon. So uh, Jesus Jesus said, I'm getting feedback for some of you. Yeah, you're clear. Go ahead. Okay. Jesus said, if you try to save your own life, keep your own life, take your own life, you, you'll lose it. So spiritual suicide precedes any man committing suicide. And you could say everything begins with a thought. God gave us his thoughts in Genesis, and now we're still living out what what he said. The problem with man is he desires his own thoughts more than the thoughts of God. Okay. And that's spiritual suicide right there. John, you know what I just said about David, 1 Samuel 36? Uh, He encouraged himself. In other words, I am going to believe what God says. Uh, the word confession, guys, means to say the same thing as God. Mm-hmm. So when I confess that I'm a sinner and I've lost, God already knows that. I'm confessing it. And then I confess that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He rose again. And I receive him into my life as I surrender my life to him. I'm agreeing with God concerning me, concerning what Jesus has done and what he wants to do with me. And and whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. Amen. In other words, what John has said, it's right the reverse of, of, of suicide. Yeah. It's spiritual, spiritual life. Well, it's and the rebirth. Wanna, it's exactly what it is. John, thank you, man. Have a good afternoon, John. I'm going to talk to Michael calling from Florida. Michael, welcome to Exploring the Word. Uh, you guys are too much, man. Thank you so much for your program. Uh, and I mean that in a good way too much. Um, listen, I just <laughs> had us, had, we, we were on pause, brother. <laughs> well, listen, I heard the comment y'all just made about, you know, the, the woman that didn't feel she was worthy of praying. Well, listen, if a sinner cannot approach God and, 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 and confess and repent, then there's no hope for any of us mm. because I don't care if you have blood on your hands or dirt under your fingernails, which I've got both then there is no hope for any of us. I mean, look at the Apostle Paul. He said he was the chief of sinners. I tell you what, I don't think there's going to be fistfights in heaven, but if there are, me and him is going to have to have a showdown. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen, Mike. Let me tell you about the Apostle Paul. You've heard this. When he was younger as a Christian, he was the least of the apostles. As he got older and ready to die, he was the chief of sinners. That's right. The whole the 
let me just tell you, the older I get, the more that I'm amazed of God's grace, that he uh, would come and and give his life for sinners. And and God is good Amen. all the time. Thank you, Michael. You're yeah. right, man. You're and, right. And, you know, that, that really is, that goes back to where we talked about sep- substituting our name where it's where it's overall and all reaching uh that it's also singular because he did that work for us you know and and when we look at how god created man in the garden and then god disciplined man by putting him out of the garden basically man had fellowship with god he walked and talked with him every day and then man was separated from God because God put them out of the garden after their sin. After their sin, but yet, I, I was but God, that. Amen. I was reading that, and it's but God. Guess what He did before He put them out? He He killed the animal, spilled the blood, covered them with mm-hmm. real clothes, not fig leaves, right, and put them out. Although there was separation, there was God's presence As, with them and provision. Provision that is, and ultimately that's what the provision of Christ is, but God, Amen. and there's no other way to say that. That's right. Uh, Michael, you're right. We would be, we would be hopeless, but God made a way for us to restore that fellowship. All right. We're going to talk to Barbara calling from Kentucky. Barbara, good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, hello guys. It's so nice to speak with you. Um, this is the first time I've been on a radio call show, so I'm a little nervous. Don't and be worried. A little, worried a little bit about the volume. So if I'm too loud, I'm I'm sorry. No, you're uh, good. Go right ahead, call, Barb. The reason why I called is because the conversation right before the break, you were talking about personalizing scripture and how you said to interject your name into for. God so loved Barbara that he gave his only begotten son. And I think that Christ would be in agreement with that because I, I think about the uh, story of Lazarus and how when he died, you know, his sisters were sad and um, they were frustrated with him because he tarried and didn't come right away when they called for him. And when Jesus got to the tomb of Lazarus, you know, he cried, and he was sorrowful that his friend had died, and whenever he called to him, he called him by name, Lazarus, come forth. Mm. And I always think about, could you imagine what would have happened had he <laughs> said, just come forth? So I do believe that God would be in agreement that Scripture is personal, and it's God's love letter to us. I saw a picture recently, and it was for Valentine's Day, and it had the word Valentine written down the middle. And in that, it had uh, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so um, I think that, you know, God's word is his love letter to us. And um, I'm just thankful that we are able to personalize it because, you know, I think it's a personal relationship that God wants to have with each one of us. Amen. It sure Barbara. is, Barbara. Hey, Thank you for your call. Your calling the first time you did good, Barbara. That's right. Amen. You blessed us. Thank you for that. And, you know, Amen. I was going to, we've had such a good show and, and uh, such a good study, and it's been a lot of fun. But 
my only the only thought I had, Bert, is when she said she was worried about being too loud. I was simply going to say, have you met Jim Stanley or Bert Harper? (laughs) We're not going to be confused with quiet people. My wife says, Barbara, I'm so loud. I don't know what the word whisper means. (laughs) It just is not part of my vocabulary. All right. Let's uh, talk to Carolyn calling from North Carolina. Carolyn, good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi, brother. Hey. Here. I have a question for you. I'll take my answer off the air because I might lose you. I'm out in the middle of a rural area. Okay. So I'm looking looking up all the words having to do with trees, branches and wood, and uh, you got the staff. And and so, and I'm wondering, why? Why did he use so many different words? And can you give me like a one solid description for it? For those, like for trees, branches, wood. Okay, Carolyn, we don't have a lot of time. They are what you see. Uh, I mean, like the fig tree Mm -hmm. is a fig tree. In the garden, I'm a literalist. There was the tree of knowledge and good and evil Mm -hmm. and the tree of life in Revelation. One of your favorite places is the trees that line up either side of the river that runs from the throne. And, and the the branches are that it says vine and branches. The vine is the stem. The branches produce the fruit, and then the wood. It's it's that that's cut from it. Yeah, uh, they had to use that many terms, Carolyn, in order to convey what was being said. And well, I don't know the I don't know the Hebrew and Greek words right now. Right. No. And that's exactly what I I agree with you, Bert, because it it also has to do with the function. You know, sometimes we're, we are under the tree for shade. Sometimes we're under the tree for fruit. And other times we come and harvest the tree for wood, for, for different things that we need. And so I think part of that is the term, you know, is the terminology. The most important wood was the cross. Amen. And Jesus died there that our sins could be washed in his blood and cleansed as white as snow. Hallelujah. Listen. He is, you are worth saving, and Jesus did his work. Amen. Folks, have a great afternoon. Stay tuned. Washington Watches next on American Family Radio.